0: Welcome to Woodlawn. We're glad that you've joined us. During the season of Lent, we've been looking at forgotten virtues. And today we're going to be looking at the forgotten virtue of gratitude. Now, Sean Anker is a psychologist and he teaches at Harvard. And he suggests that we can train our brains to become more grateful by setting aside just five minutes a day in order to practice gratitude. Gratitude. He cites a one-week study in which people were asked to take five minutes a day at the same time every day to write down three things for which they were thankful. They didn't have to be big things. The participants simply expressed their thanksgiving for three things at the same time every day. Now, the results were very interesting. The researchers found that those who practiced gratitude were happier and less depressed. Remarkably, after three months, the participants had been part of just a one-week experiment. They only did this for one week, but they were still more joyful and content. Incredibly, after the six-month mark, they were happier, and they were less anxious and less depressed. The researchers hypothesized that the simple practice of writing down Thanksgivings, three of them a day, over the course of the same week and doing it at the same time every day would help and be beneficial to their lives. Now, why did I tell you that? Because there was a consultant who was working with college students, the generation known as Millennials. And he said, your generation is described by one word, and it begins with an E. Now, this is millennials in general, okay? And they said, what word is it that begins with an E that describes you all? And the student said, well, we're energetic, and we're excellent, and we're exceptional. And they may have been. But the researcher said, actually, the number one way that they're most commonly described as a generation is entitled. Entitled. Millennials are entitled. That's the way they're labeled as a generation. Now, those of us who are older have to realize that we created them, a generation who feel entitled. How did that happen? Well, there were different ways. For one thing, those of us my age and maybe a little older and a little bit younger, we worked way too much, and some of us actually ended up getting divorces, and we loved our kids so much that we tried to make up for the lack of time that we were spending with them by never saying no. I'll make more money, and I can do more for them. So the younger generation began to feel like, hey, if I want it, I can get it. Then we also protected them very much. When I was growing up, I could get 18 of my best friends and get in the back of a pickup truck, and we could just ride around wherever we wanted to go, and there was nobody who would say, get out of there, that's dangerous. Nowadays, you've got 43 buckles to buckle people in. They've got nice safety seats now. And listen, you can't even ride a bicycle without a helmet. We didn't even have helmets when I was riding a bicycle. When I was a kid, you you actually had to win something to get a ribbon, okay? Now you get a ribbon for just showing up. Thank you, Johnny, for participating. You were the slowest one in the race, and you did it so well. Here's your ribbon, right? Now, what it has done is built a generation of people who may feel like they're entitled. And What I want to do today is talk about the opposite of entitlement. I want to talk about gratitude. In Luke chapter 17, it says this, Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going to a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and cried out at a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Leprosy is a terrible disease. The kind they had in Jesus' day was miserable. I've had the shingles before. Leprosy has something to do with the nerve endings. I can only imagine how brutal that was. But it wasn't the worst part. There was physical pain, but there was also emotional pain. When anybody came near, they had to shout out, unclean, unclean. It was humiliating to have leprosy not only did they hurt physically and emotionally, but relationally. They had no contact with other people. They had no intimacy. No one had hugged them probably for years. We're having withdrawal symptoms now because of this coronavirus. We're not used to just staying home and being there. You know, I heard today that the national parks are all free, but I'm not sure we can go to them. I don't know, but maybe we can. They're outside, and as long as we stay far enough apart. These 10 guys were desperate to be healed. And you can only imagine their excitement when this guy that they've heard about, Jesus, who can perform miracles, comes by. This is our chance. Now we're going to be delivered. So in Luke, it says, When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Wow. The disease was gone. Their greatest prayer had been answered. And in Luke, it says, One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back. Praising God in a loud voice, he threw himself at Jesus' feet, and he thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except for this foreigner? Samaritans were looked down upon. They weren't seen as having the same social status as most other people. And yet it was a Samaritan who appreciated what Jesus had done probably because of that very fact. Nine probably weren't bad guys. They were just so thankful. I've got to go home and tell my wife. I've got to go home and tell my kids. They're not going to believe what's happened. I mean, after all, I didn't ask for this disease And I didn't deserve it. And all of a sudden, you can see a little bit of entitlement coming up there in their way of thinking and in their hearts and minds. So my question to you today is this. Will you be the one who daily pauses to give glory and honor to the one who saved your life? Will you be the one? And not just but with God, but let's think about people who impact us. Will you be the one to write the thank you note to express gratitude? Will you be the one to say thank you to that person who takes care of your children, maybe here at the church, and is such a blessing to them, and invests in them, and let them know how much they're appreciated? Will you be the one to say thank you to a coach or a teacher or your mom or your dad or someone on staff here at the church? Will you be the one to stop and show honor and gratitude? Or, like most people today, will you think, well, I deserved it, and really, I don't have time to stop. I'm busy. I've got things to do. Will you continue to live with an ungrateful mindset? Jesus told a story one time about a man who had two sons, and in both of these sons, you can see the ungrateful mindset. First, it's the, I want it now mindset. Jesus says in Luke 15, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. Now, traditionally, we know that you inherit things when someone dies, but he didn't want to wait around. He didn't want to wait until that happened. He he didn't have time for that. He says, no, I want what you're going to give me, and I want it now. And so the father gives it to the son. And if you know the story, the Bible says he went out and he squandered it. He just wasted it. And so it, what it took the father years, and maybe decades and maybe a lifetime, to acquire, he lost in just a short amount of time. That's interesting to me. The upcoming generation might have the mindset, and you see it in their 20s when they want all the things their parents have when they first start out in life, even though they're just starting out in life. And they think, well, I should have all that because my parents do. Maybe they're 23 or 25 or 28 and they want to have the same standard that their parents have today. Where do you think they learned that? Well, from parents who said, I want it and I want it now and I'm going to get it now. And that's what they did. My parents had this really unusual philosophy. I mean, it was really strange. My dad was an accountant. Let me tell you what he decided to do. He said, if you want something save your money up, and then pay for it. Can you imagine doing that? I mean, that's such a foreign concept. Who would want to do that, right? What does wait mean? Wait means that you don't get it right now. I know it's totally insane because we've been trained, I want it and I want it now. If you're in debt, chances are it's because you've been living with that mindset. I want it and I want it now, the entitled mindset. Second, I deserve more. This was the older brother. If you read the story, the younger brother blows his inheritance, and then one day he wakes up and says, well, that was foolish. I didn't have to do that, and now look where I am. I don't have anything. I've blown all that my dad gave me. You know, I'm having a terrible life. I could go back home. The servants at my dad's house live better than this. I could go back home, and I could just beg for forgiveness, and maybe he would just let me work for him. But when he comes back, the father is a picture of our heavenly father, and he's waiting at the edge of town, thinking, thank God, my son has come home can't you just see that picture? I so appreciate God because God is so ready and willing to forgive us. If we'll just repent and ask forgiveness and turn back to him, he just welcomes us with open arms. So he throws a big party. He gives him a new robe. He gives him a nice ring. He kills the fatted calf and he says, steak for everybody. Let's have a party. We're cooking out. And the big brother starts having a pity party. He's outside thinking, wait a minute. I've been here all along. I've done everything I was supposed to do. I've never done what my brother did. I've always been faithful and obedient. And my dad, he never even killed a goat for me and let me have my friends over. What's going on here? And when the story plays out in Luke 15, the older son says, all these years I've been slaving and never disobeyed your orders. You never gave me even a young goat so that I could celebrate with my friends. What's he saying? Somebody owes me. I deserve better than this. I deserve more, Dad. And here's what we see so often. I deserve a better paying job. I deserve benefits. I deserve a better vacation. I deserve a better cell phone. Have you ever heard that one? And so let's take a moment and see what God might say to all of us about any ungratefulness in any of our hearts. I want to ask you to, to, this morning to be honest, and I want you to see if God would expose any ungratefulness, and, and let's just deal with it biblically first Let's ask God to expose any material or financial ungratefulness. Just look around. I'm dissatisfied because my TV is not good enough. Or it could be my house is not good enough. We don't have the right countertops. Or it could be our kids have to share a bedroom. Or maybe we have to walk in our closet and look at all of our clothes and say, I don't have a thing to wear. Have you ever done that? Or maybe you think, I wish we had more money or a better job, or I could provide for my family better, or I wish we had a better car, or I wish we had a car, or I wish we could take better vacations. If that's you, then check that box. That's something material and financially that maybe you're ungrateful for. Second, there's relational ungratefulness. It could be, I wish my husband made more money, or he was a better spiritual leader, or he could fix things around the house. That would be Laura's. Laura's daddy could fix things around the house. He, he puttered a lot. He was retired. He could fix anything. Me, I'm a Mr. Break-It. He was a Mr. Fix-It. Laura actually has a toolbox, I'm not lying, and she won't let me try to fix anything. She'll say, no, 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 we'll do it. Don't you touch it, right? I wish my wife were more fun. Maybe that's what you're thinking. I wish she wasn't always out with her friends. I wish she cooked more, yeah. Or I wish she had a better paying job. Or if you're a young person, you could think, I wish I had a boyfriend. Or I wish I had a different boyfriend. Or I wish I had a girlfriend. (laughs) If you're relationally ungrateful, just go ahead and be honest and check that box. And then there's circumstantial ungratefulness. I don't really like my job or my house or my hair or my lack of hair, right? You know, I've thought about it, and Steve Irwin and I made a video today, and if anybody's got a full head of hair, Steve does, doesn't he? I mean, that guy, it's almost like he's got a helmet on, on top to protect his skull. He's got a full head of hair. And then there's me. I've got a sunroof right back here. You see, when I'm out, I have to watch out for that. And Bill, he's got a convertible. That's just the way it works out, right? Now, maybe you could look at that and say, well, for the rest of our time, let's cultivate an attitude of gratitude. How do we go from being entitled to being grateful? we can decide to turn our blessings into praise. And that's the key. That's the nugget right there. That's what you want to hang on to. There's a verse in a song that we've sung before, and it says, Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. Why is that so important? Because every blessing I don't turn back to praise turns into pride. Now, that's a nugget for sure right there. You've got to hang on to that. I deserve this. I had it coming. I'm worthy of this. I want it. And it's pride and entitlement. God, you're a giver of all good gifts, and I will pause and give you praise and honor. I will cultivate an attitude of gratitude. Paul said this in Philippians, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Have you ever tried to do that? <laughs> it's hard. If, if you're in a situation that's uncomfortable, that you don't want to be in, it's hard to be at peace and to be grateful with those circumstances. He said, whatever the circumstances, if I'm healthy, if I'm not. If I've got money, if I don't. If I've got a job, if I don't. If I've got hair, if I don't. You know, whatever it is, I'm going to be grateful. He's learned the secret of being content in every situation. And it's something that you learn. It's a mindset. You train your mind and your heart and your attitude and your spirit. Now, what's the secret? I can do anything through Christ who strengthens me. With his help, with his presence, with his spirit, then it's a learned thing that I can practice. In Ecclesiastes, the Bible says, better what the eye sees than the roving of the appetite. What's that saying? It's saying, be thankful for what God has put before you, not looking around and hoping for something better. Proverbs says, the cheerful heart has a continual feast. Better a little with the fear of the Lord than great wealth with turmoil. You know, there's a little bit of wisdom in Proverbs. Have you ever noticed that? I mean, just one little verse like that, and you could sit there and think about that for a while. The next time you say, I'm sick of my car, instead have a different perspective. Lord, I'm grateful that you gave me this car. It's a blessing. I'm a part of the 3 to 5% of the wealthiest people in the world because I have transportation. Or my house, I'm not pleased with it. God, I just want to thank you that you blessed our family with this house. And we can have our family and our friends and and we can get together and we can praise you here. Well, I don't really like my job or or the people I work with. God, I'm so grateful I've got a job. In this kind of economy, now with the coronavirus, people don't know what's going to happen. I'm just grateful to be able to be paid. Well, I don't like this about my body, I mean, I guess we could all have a testimony about that one, couldn't we? I wish this had been just a little bit different. God, I just thank you that I'm healthy. <laughs> I just thank you that I'm upright and I'm able to function and move forward every day. Lord, I thank you not just for the material things, but but I thank you for your Son who's blessed me. As many of you know, I was in the hospital. Recently, over the holidays, that's not the best time to go. Your anniversary, Christmas, and New Year's. I don't recommend it, but but we did. And I had to have exploratory surgery. Put that on your bucket list. You don't want to miss out on that one, okay? And thank God they were able to correct the problem. And I mean when, when we got there, they told Laura it could go either way. One of the things I had was serious enough that it could end my life, and I had four, okay? And I was totally out of it. So after I got well and and after I got out of the hospital, I had to go back to see the surgeon so that I could be released and find out what I could and couldn't do. And so I went back and I saw him and I thanked him. And and when he took that that hose out of my nose, I really thanked him. I said, God bless you, sir. You know, may you live long and prosper. I was just so great. Really, I really did say that to him. So I go back, and, and I'm talking to him, and, and I really hit it off with it. He used to live here in Panama City. Now he lives over in Gulf Breeze, and he goes to the Methodist Church over there. We got to talk and became good friends. And then after I got through with his office, I said, Now, Laura, I want you to take me. I was on two different floors. I want you to take me to the two different floors I was on. And I want to go back, and I want to see the nurses who were there who took care of me. And I want to thank them personally for taking care of me. And then the ones that are there, I'm going to give them my card, and I'm going to tell them the names of the ones who are not there right now. And I'm going to ask them, would you please go and tell your friends that work here, your nurse friends who work on this floor, how much I appreciate You know what they said? First of all, they were so thankful. They, they were just, one girl just beamed. She just beamed because I was bragging on her, and her Her boss came out, and I said, let me tell you about this nurse right here. She took care of me, and then the boss beamed, and they both beamed, and we just celebrated it together, and they were so proud and so grateful. And They said, we never get to hear the rest of the story. We see people who are at their worst and and may not make it, and when they do make it, then they leave, and, and we don't know what happened to them. Thank you for coming by. Thank you for telling us what happened. Thank you that we get to know. And they celebrated that with me. Went to the other floor and and I went in and, and I saw one of the techs, one of the nurses, the techs, and they have a hard job. And they, they're the ones that have to lay the bed down, and then they go one, two, three, and take the sheets and pull you up in the bed. Can you imagine doing that with me? It's no picnic, let me just tell you, okay? But now they slung me around like they'd done that before. They knew what they were doing. And I ran into them, and, and I would say, hey, I remember you, and I remember your name. And then they would go, oh, yeah. And and they they would smile real big. Yeah, I remember. One of them said, <laughs> looked at Laura and said, I remember him. Was he the one with his mama in the room? Yeah, I remember him because my mom was in there a lot of the days that they came. And we just celebrated that together. Listen, I thought I was going to do something for them. But you know what? They did something for me. Just being there. Just seeing their smiles. Just saying thank you and watching them beam. It blessed me. And I hope it blessed them. So, Take advantage of it. You might have a little extra time on your hands these days with the coronavirus. You may not be as tied up as you normally are. Who's somebody in your life who's made a difference? Maybe you've always thought it, but maybe you've never told them. It's a great opportunity to express gratitude. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful. We are grateful people. Lord, we're grateful to be alive. And Lord, I pray that you would take this situation, this circumstance, this coronavirus, I pray that you would use each one of us to be your witnesses in this world. Lord, show us what to do and how to do it. We can't go visit people. We can't go to the hospital or the nursing homes. But the other day, I was able to make a phone call to one guy, and he was so appreciative that we just had a chance to visit together. And I told him I'd been praying for him, Lord, and he said, well, you know, I've been praying for you. I heard about what happened to you. And so we get through it together. We pray together, we love together, we cry together, we help one another, and we celebrate the privilege. Thank you, Lord, for giving it to us. In Jesus' name, Amen.
1: Thank you so much for joining us in worship today. We know it's a little different than the way we normally have Sunday services, but whether we are gathered in one room together or watching on a phone from our living rooms, we are still the church. Location doesn't define us. Our commitment to Christ and to one another does. No matter what changes around us, that never will. We want to leave you with some good information to keep in mind as we wrap up today. First, you still have the opportunity to continue your regular giving. Although we are not meeting in person, the Lord still calls us to faithfulness in this area. People will need help in the days ahead and we want to be prepared to offer that assistance. Your regular giving will go a long way to allow ministries to continue happening locally and around the world. There are several methods for you to give even though we aren't gathering on Sundays. First. To give online by credit card or bank draft, please visit woodlawnpcb.info slash giving. Or text GIVE to 813-644-8622. Or third, mail checks payable to Woodlawn UMC to the church office. All this information can be found on our giving page. Second, it is such a joy to pray for one another during this time. If you have prayer needs, please head to the link below to submit prayer requests and to let us know what needs you may have. Lastly, we want to know that you've tuned in with us today. You can fill out a digital connection card that will help us know who you are and how to serve you best. There is also a section there to let us know if you've made a commitment to Jesus today or if you have questions about how to come to know him. Our team will be standing ready, so please don't hesitate to reach out. We can't wait to connect with you. Blessings on you today and in the days ahead. See you next time.